I think we need to simplify dating. We have so much of overcomplicated dating in the church. If you aren't trying to continually prove to yourself that the person that you're with is the person, maybe that person isn't it, or maybe you're searching for something that that person can't fill. That's going to be the important, is identifying the tools that you need to have a healthy relationship rather than worrying about the timeline or what you can't control. Welcome to the podcast. I have to give the disclaimer that this may be one of my favorite podcast guests ever, 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 no matter who else comes on because, go ahead, I, I hear you wanting to comment on I know, that. I'm just saying, <laughs> I better be forever and ever. Da, da, da. It is my husband, Arden Christopher Bevere, we used to say middle names now with our son, but I wanted to bring you on, Arden, because one, I like talking to you. Two, I think other people can really learn from your advice and just from what we found during our navigating, what we found during our dating experience because we do get questions, you know that, of how did you know each other was the one so early? Uh, Should I do online dating? Things that we're going to address in this podcast. So let's just kind of dump, let's kind of dump, (laughs) let's kind of jump right in uh, with that first thought If you're single and you're looking for someone that is high caliber, loves the Lord, that you're still attracted to, did you experience, (laughs) this is going to be funny asking you these questions, Um, was that hard for you when you were single? To find someone? Yeah, can you speak to like the, the uncomfortableness of like, I'm waiting well, but I'm also searching and sometimes it feels like there's not a lot of fish in the sea? Yeah, I mean, you just jumped right into it. Like yeah. the biggest question that I feel like most people ask. That's how we do it on this podcast. Yeah, if that was a, if that was something that was interesting. Um, yeah, I mean, of course, there's always those external pressures that the church puts on you. And, and when I say the church, I'm meaning like people within the church of like you go to church on a Sunday and everyone's asking you the questions of, uh, you know, when are you going to get married? When are you going to go on a date? And all those things. Um, and so, of course, there's a pressure to it. I think... Um, so much of what I kind of took down is I knew that when someone caught my eye, that that's going to be when, um, when I knew I was going to start making moves to see if this person was right for me. And so I think that was a big key is not just going after anybody or anything that was, Hey, this person's godly and, uh, maybe I'm attracted to him. I don't know. It was, no, there was a couple of things. It was, you know, one is this person attractive one, is this person godly? Is this person someone who I see is going to be a partner rather than just a, you know, someone that is just along with you for the ride, kind of trailing behind you and is just up for the ride, but really someone that's going to do life with you and, and do partnership with you. And I kind of kept myself focused on the things that were before me. And then when someone caught my attention, I would bring it in and rather than allowing external pressure to caused me to go looking in places where I shouldn't have been looking. Mm -hmm. And I think one thing, even as you're talking, like I'm thinking through what I would think through hearing this, and there's a difference I feel between being like attracted to someone and them being good looking. Like not every good looking person that loves the Lord is dateable for you. Like they're like what Arden's saying is if it felt right, I might be hyper-spiritualizing this, but like if you had peace about it or it felt right to you, like don't just think, okay, well, that's a good person. I should jump at it. Like there's not this like rush just to find someone that can 
check a box and like go after it and see if it's someone but like having the journey of the experience of what does this feel right to me what like why would I want to go on a date with them or why would I want to ask them out if you are a guy yeah I think and, and also when you approach it in that perspective of of figuring it out like that of looking at you know, God's going to bring someone that is a supernatural connection for me. Whether it happens through a moment or through a journey of a friendship or development of a relationship, whatever that looks like, um, it's your journey to be able to walk in that manner. And as you'll walk that journey, I mean, I remember there's things that I've watched as people have navigated longer um, relationships in order for them to get married. And they've discovered things about their spouse that it's been such a joy for them to do that over a longer period of time. But I remember there was things that when I knew we were supposed to get married quick, there was things I was still learning about you and in the first parts of our marriage, and of course, still now today. But but that was like such a beautiful surprise to me because I got to discover those things. Just it was like a journey that we were able to go on and it was the journey of discovery. And I think sometimes we put so much emphasis and pressure on on dating and all these things that we don't ever allow ourselves to fully intake the beauty of the journey of what we get to go through and rather how long the journey is or how short it is. I think relatively to diving deep diving into someone's heart, there's kind of a, a relatively similar journey for everyone that has to go with um, along with regardless of the titles that you put onto it. So, I mean, I really like the way that you put that. What would you say to the epidemic in dating right now where people either date for five plus years or they move in together or they do any of these other kind of boxes, if you will, to quote unquote, try to see if that person's the one, like you said, there's stuff you found out about me once we were already married And I feel like today people are like, well, we have to be intimate or we have to live together. We have to do this. And then I'll know if if they're the one. And someone's like, you have to uncover all the gold and then make a decision. But then by that point, the treasure chest is empty. Like, I think you can feel robbed. I think that's the curse of our day and age. It's like there's an extreme fear of missing out. You know, the FOMO thing that happens within our day and age of we always are waiting to make our plans last minute because we're... We don't want to commit to something in case something else comes up. And so when we think about a lifelong spouse, we're like, okay, we're making a decision that's going to go with me for the rest of my life. So I've got to check all these boxes and I've got to make sure I do my due diligence. But the reality of it is sometimes like even when our walk with Christ is just saying yes to Christ you don't need to go like some people will do a deep dive and and like I I love the person Hugh Ross like Hugh Ross did a deep dive when he was a young boy and it's like he read every single religious book out there and then he he went through the bible and he went through the errancies of it and like tried to find all those errancies and and realize like no this is not a book written by man this was a book written by God and that was his process of discovery of faith and yet you have some people that it's it's a moment, you know, you you say yes and, and you don't fully understand what you have stepped into. But then there comes this understanding of I've said yes. And so I've made this choice. And there's such a blessing that comes when we make this choice. And I'm not saying that just to, in you know, faith. yeah, yeah, in faith of, of knowing, like, I'm not saying just jump in and, and say yes to anyone. But I'm, what I'm saying is there, when you get into this place where you're just going back and forth and and, and finding ways to extend it, even though you know maybe it's not right or it's not 
um, it's not godly, but you're still trying to prolong it, then that's where you get into an issue. And, and, and that was something that I found for us is I said, you know, there's a blessing that of me coming and saying, yes, and regardless of what things might be unknown right now, I'm going to continue to learn that I'm going to push through it because marriage is a process of continuing to fight for things and fighting for your relationship and fighting for those own unknowns. And, and I mean, if you're having to move in with spouse, which obviously, or with your, your um, boyfriend or girlfriend, which obviously that's, you know, that's pretty cleared and cut out within the Bible that that's not something that we should be doing that the Bible says that the marriage bed is undefiled. Um, then I, I would really kind of kind of reevaluate your life and see see what what you're allowing yourself to um to continue to make your choices and, and you know the waiting and the expectations of mm-hmm. of is there something better going to be coming rather than you know god i i'm going to take a step of faith because i i know that this person is right for me and they might might i might not have checked all the boxes and knowing what these things are going to play out with, but I feel like in my spirit, this person's right for me. And because of that, I'm going to take a step of faith um, in the similar way that I took a step of faith to you, um, rather than trying to check off all those boxes and yeah. feeling like you missed out on someone more attractive or someone that's more perfect and unique for you. There's and I think, always an argument for that. Oh, there always is. There's, no matter there, who you are. Yeah. And there's the process of becoming the one. Like, I think that's that's what I've always believed in. And rather than there is the one for someone, it's the process of becoming the one. Like, if you guys both in a marriage understand um, we're every single day becoming the one for each other, like that, that doesn't. That doesn't make it so you feel like, oh man, okay, I missed it. Mm-hmm. Like I missed my destiny. I missed the one, um, and so I guess I married the wrong person, and I and I missed out on on fantasy. Yeah, but but there's a process of you continuing to work at marriage because marriage is not a one day decision of a fantasy. It's a continual process of mm-hmm. of discovery and uh, reimagining what your lives look like together and fighting for that on a daily basis. Yeah. Because even what you need in a partner changes over time. Because mm-hmm. like we've had to become things for each other that we weren't in seasons past in this season of becoming parents. I know that some of the things that I want to and need to be for you, I wouldn't have been three, five years ago. So just saying that as an encouragement, and I don't know if this is fully part of what you meant, but it's something I grabbed at is if you, if you aren't trying to continually prove to yourself that the person that you're with is the person, maybe if we move in together, or maybe that person isn't it if you're still trying to force it, or maybe you're searching for something that that person can't fill. Maybe it is a deeper relationship yeah. with Christ. And it's just, which is huge right there. I mean, the person's not going to fill. Like if you guys are expecting someone to come into your life and fill all these needs that you're doing, I'm telling you, that person's going to come in and fill momentarily needs. Yeah. Like, And you'll realize that within marriage is if you constantly are requ- re- constantly relying on your spouse to fulfill a need, you're going to get in a very unhealthy place within your marriage. You got to understand even that God, right yeah, even if they're the right one, and even if you guys are working at it and things like that, you got to understand that God is the one that's going to be always your source and your provider and the one that you pull from. And so you get what you need from God and your spouse gets what they need from God. And that's what creates a healthy marriage, not you mm-hmm. both independently relying on one another, because that gets you into a place where it's really unhealthy because you're like, man, I'm not getting this from my spouse. I'm not getting this. And, and, 
And that means I'm not getting it from anywhere. And it's like, no, God, God has that waiting for you. God can fulfill those things and you can speak to those things. And your spouse will get there. Like your spouse will, will continue to identify what it is that they, they need to speak into you. Um, but do not get into that place of I have to feel, fulfill something. And because I had to fulfill something, I just need to marry something. Yeah. We were even joking about this a few days ago, like the whole you complete me line. And it's just, I mean, it is good movie line, but it's not good practical advice. And I think what we need to do if we are people of faith is even separate the practicalities of that within our relationships and the spiritual, because kind of what Arden's saying, it makes me think of the Ecclesiastes verse of a quarter three chance is not easily broken and not because it's two chords that just completely rely on each other, but it's that intermingling of the third chord. So there are very practical ways that I do rely on Arden and he relies on me that if he just wasn't doing, I wouldn't be like, well, that's okay because God's our source. Um, but that he it, like if he was not living through God and being filled and strengthened through him, he wouldn't be able to meet those needs. And if I wasn't living dependent on God, then it would be like such a tally mark. Like, okay, well, two strikes you're out, or <laughs> two strikes, wow, three strikes you're out. <laughs> Don't think, okay, well, I have to be a submissive wife. Am I or? you know, even the person I'm dating, if they keep messing up, it's okay. But just know like there is grace, there is a faith aspect that goes from your individual life with God into your marriage. And so just having that kind of insight, maybe we'll we'll journey down that path later in another episode even more. But I want to come back to this idea of dating and um <laughs> we can share a little bit of our relationship where I may ask you to what was going through your mind when uh, you pursued me. But what would you say to the people that want to explore different routes in the traditional just waiting to meet someone in the church building? Um, Like maybe not so much which outlets would you tell them to look through, but what would your advice be if you do meet someone? Like say it's a library or it is on Instagram. How do you know that you're getting good trajectory on a date if you don't have like, well, I've known them forever or I know their family. I met them in the church. Like, What would your advice be to that person? I think we need to very much simplify dating. And I think we've so much have overcomplicated dating in the church where it's like, hey, if you go on a first date, it's like, okay, when are you getting married kind of thing? And I, what I really found to be helpful um, kind of in the like year or two leading up to when I actually met you was just being more casual with dating. And, and I know that sounds... And explain that more. Exactly, because I know that sounds really wrong and not the correct way. But what I would do is if I saw someone that I was like, hey, you've caught my attention, I would ask them out. And it could be you know, it could be at church, they could be out in public, it could be over, um, I don't know, a mutual friend, whatever it was. And I would ask them out to a simple coffee. Like it was not something that was like, hey, let's go here and then we're going to go to a nice fancy restaurant and then we're going to go here. And what I would do is I would just be more casual with my dating in terms of I would just get to know people. Like I would get to know someone and I would keep it at a friendship level. You weren't trying to sweep them off their feet. Yeah, exactly. I would keep it at a friendship level just to get to know someone. And, I, and you know, coffee is a great option. Maybe something else is a good option. But just keeping it very casual because the thing that I found is earlier on when I was a little younger and I started dating is I would do these first dates and it would go like really a big high flying first date and it would be 
okay, I'd walk away from that date and be like, oh, well, I wasn't really feeling it with that person. Like sparks weren't flying and things like that. And then I found myself having to walk it back from there. And I'm like, man, all we did was go on one date. Like, why am I having to have this conversation of, no, I'm not interested in you. Let's just continue to be friends and walk it back. And I realize it's because, you know, there's an expectation, of course, that you want to honor and respect of that first date. And if you go really big and, and all these things, then they're going to be like, whoa, this person thinks the world of me. And so we're, we're, we're getting serious quick. Whereas I saw as I kept it more casual and was able just to get to know someone that led me to the opportunity of knowing a little bit better if I wanted to ask out for a second date. And what I would always make sure I did is regardless of, you know, how casual it was or not, I would always have a conversation with the individual uh, as a follow up just to be like, hey, this is where I'm at. Like maybe it it just wasn't like I didn't feel like we really connected, but I'm excited about continuing to grow and get to know you. And I felt like it was so much easier to walk it back from just having a coffee with someone um, than doing some kind of grander, like amazing thing. And so I would say just if someone catches your attention, like go after them, ask them out to coffee and just get to know someone. If something's there, then try to pursue that further on. But I think if we can just simplify dating in the church world, I think that would be so big. Well, think about it like friendship. You don't meet someone and you're like, oh, like, I feel like this person and I would be great friends. I'm going to ask them if we could rent a limousine and go to a concert together. Like, no, you just you build that friendship. So why not enter dating in that kind of similar mindset or that sphere, that approach? Yeah. And then also, I mean, do that for communications as well, too. Like, that's the thing is I feel like people give up way too much stuff on communications in terms of like texting and social media. Simplify it there. Like, I, I, I'm always <laughs> under the belief. I'm like, man, our our parents had it a little bit easier where they would just be like, hey, you want to go on a date with me? And it was like, yeah, show up at my house at this time on this day. And it was no communications You're between saying those not two give people. away all of like the intentional across the table conversation over a phone like what we did is for our coffee date is i sent you a message we had very like probably five messages back and forth i called you one time just just so we could talk on the phone once make sure you're a real person yeah see make sure we're both real see how we interacted with each other and then I think I, I like ended the phone call within 20 minutes of us having that yeah, call. It was, quick. it was a quick phone call. Um, and so I just made sure that all of the connection came when we were there in person. And I think right now we're trying to connect so much over social media, over text messaging, all those things that when we get in person, we have a really hard time connecting face to face. Or we have a, we've painted a picture of what we expect and it's either over grand than the person can live up to or it's just completely different because I really went to the date thinking I don't know much about this guy and it was neat to discover that like you're saying in the setting that was feasible and fertile to cultivate that yeah and there's still things that we are continuing to learn about each other like today how I talked to Christian about how dragons are real so all good things right (laughs) yeah and there's a lot You've been on a theological, like, interesting theological kick lately, so it's neat. This is all great stuff, great tips, especially if you're you're just now, like, entering the dating scene or re-entering the dating scene. I feel like these are great tips to keep in mind. So I'm curious. I feel like this might be fun for the people listening. 
were there moments when you would go into a church solely like i want to serve here tonight i'm traveling with my dad and like the whole messiness around dating just became a problem when it shouldn't have been like girls coming up and being like i had a dream about your brother and i think we should date or oh my gosh i want to distract you um when you're trying to serve i had i had a lot of moments like that but i I, i'll be honest with you i was so just i would go locked in focus that i very much never paid attention to them so like i would have it be you know a lot of times it was not a girl who'd come up to me it was their parents and it would be their parents and they would be like oh yeah we'd love to buy a book and they'd buy a book and they'd be like oh and by the way here's my daughter and they're like yeah she's how old are you and like just having that conversation i'm like well that's great like good for you kind of thing and so just locking in on those things um did your mom ever auction you off from the stage oh yeah she did that she did that one time at a women's conference where she got me up on stage and literally (laughs) uh i think i was 20 probably like 19 okay yeah it was right after high school and she was like all right he's a year out of high school so he's i guess he's ready Someone to get take married him off my hand. yeah i was like okay thanks mom but i mean the funny thing did is anything parents, do you ever go on a date from one of those no i've never been on a date from any of the times that my parents try to ox me off um one time my dad jokingly said uh, just bring your resume back to the book table And I actually literally had a girl bring her resume back to the book table. (laughs) I mean, I remember it was all like typed out, her education, everything. And so there was was interesting stuff. I had one time um, someone write into the ministry uh, multiple different letters, um, but it was got a little bit weird because they were tracking me of all my trips I was going on, letting me know that they were uh, my future spouse and that they were going to reveal themselves to me. Well, you are traveling tomorrow. Don't need to be exactly. Yeah, they were going to reveal themselves to me after. Wait, they wouldn't months. sign their name? They wouldn't sign their name. No. So, I mean, there was oh, there was things that got distracting from my parents doing that. Yeah. Uh, but they didn't which stop. which my parents didn't stop, which I will give context to it like the reason why my parents do this because there's been people who've been offended by it or they were like that's so mean and that's so rude. The reason why my parents would do that is that they always needed a quick connection point. Mm-hmm. To either get people to laugh or connect with them, to see them on like, oh, these are parents. Like this is this is a parent of four mm-hmm. boys. We understand. We have the similar things. Just to connect with them really quick. And my parents asked us at a younger age. We're like, hey, are you guys okay if we do this? And we were always say, said probably, they probably wouldn't have done that if y'all yeah. were like struggling in that area. No, no. And so we all said we were fine with it. Um, and we knew that they wanted a quick connection and that was an easy one because they loved showing their family mm-hmm. and then also just kind of joking about auctioning us off. Um, and so it was never like our parents were just trying to sell us or get rid of us. Yeah. Your or, mom would probably try to like, like fight someone that did ever come for you in a wrong way. Yes, yes very much <laughs> so. Well, that's so funny. I'm glad. I'm glad that, you know, you didn't get auctioned off and I was able to meet you. Mm-hmm. At the right mm-hmm. time, so I'm glad too. <laughs> Good. <laughs> <Very glad. laughs> so you can um, go on dates with people, and it turns out to be okay if they are not the one you're supposed to marry. You can uh, wait to find the right one, and you can have a quick engagement. That's what I guess we would say from our relationship is. Yeah. yeah. And, and just one more thing too is I just understand like the process of going and getting married. It's your own journey. So please don't look at like a single relationship mm-hmm. like Christian and I and be like, okay, if it's not going that way, then it's not going to work. Like there is people who 
it date they date for three years and they do it faithfully and it turns out incredible for them or five years or ten years. I've seen that happen and so it's just about discovering what your journey is, but then the understanding is that we all are going on to a different length journey and a different looking journey, but yet the the principles and the the tools and the things that we take on that journey all need to be the similar things. You know, the word of God, the understanding of the things that we want and and a spouse and all those things. And so that's going to be the importance is is identifying the the tools and the things that you need to have a healthy relationship rather than looking at or worrying about the, oh man, what's my timeline look like? Or what's all this stuff going on that's mm-hmm. maybe you can't can fully control. Yeah. I'm going to ask you one more question before we, I was going to say before you leave, <laughs> you're not leaving, you're I'm saying leaving. you're stuck with me. Before we leave this recording, now that you have younger sister-in-laws, as a big brother, what would your dating advice be to uh, a younger girl that is in that dating sphere? Whether it be she's just struggling to believe that she's worthy of being pursued, if she is just contemplating if the right guy is out there, what would your brotherly advice be? Uh, honestly, I mean, kind of going off the first point that you said is just getting them to understand that they are the prize. Like for women, you guys understand you are the prize. Like the Bible says he who finds a wife finds a good thing. It does not say the the opposite of he who finds a husband finds a good thing. As much as I wish it said that, it just doesn't, which I mean, you still find a good thing. But mm-hmm. The Bible specifically says that because the woman, I mean, there's a prize. There's a, such a blessing and a gift that comes from a, a wife who who loves you passionately and does life with you um, in, in such a such a well capacity. And so it, it is a prize that's worth being pursued. And so you've got to see yourself in that manner of I'm not just um, someone's second choice or, or I'm not just, you know, hey, use me and, and all these things and then we'll see what happens. No, I am a prize. I was va- my life was valuable enough that that Jesus came and gave his life for me and I'm going to hold that value in terms of of understanding what I bring to someone else's life um and what I can do and what I can build with someone and just allow someone to pursue you um with that that uh that understanding and that that mindset and, and make sure that you're loved well. This has been my favorite podcast guest, my husband, Arden Bevere. This is normally where I ask everyone where they can find you, but... They can find me at your house. (laughs) (laughs) Where can they find us if they want to watch more videos of us talking about marriage, lifestyle? Well, we have our YouTube channel, which is Arden and Christian Bevere, which you can also find Azzy. That's a real moneymaker right there, that cute face. 